Hi, I'm Mark Rennick. This is Victory Over Sin. My name is Mark Rennick. Good Saturday afternoon to you, Treasure Valley. I hope things are going well. It's a wet, cold winter Saturday. I hope you're having a good day. Victory Over Sin is sponsored by Systemic Change of Idaho, and I take the first part of this show to explain what that is. Systemic Change of Idaho is an advocacy group funded by the Southwest Council for St. Vincent de Paul here in the Treasure Valley. And what we do is attempt to Educate Idahoans, if you will, about what it's like to be on parole and the issues that we face. We do that in a couple different ways. One of them is to sponsor this show, and it's on every Saturday. If you go back to the archives of KBXL and look up Victory Over Sin, you'll see some major players in terms of people who have been in the system, people who work for the Department of Corrections, and people who support those returning citizens as they come out of incarceration. It's a good guest list. We've been doing this for just over a year now, and we're excited about it. So we're proud of what's going on on the radio. Go back and look at the archives. Uh, In addition to that, we put together a PowerPoint that we go out and we show to service groups, to churches, and to anybody really who would like to see it. In that PowerPoint, which is led by people who are returning citizens who have been trained to present it, uh, we talk about the issues that have faced people who are on incarcerate, who are on parole, and who have been incarcerated. It's a powerful presentation. It sparks some discussion, and again, that in keeping with what our mandate is, is to educate Idahoans about what it's like to be on parole. It doesn't negate uh, certainly the issues that those of us who have been incarcerated have done. We don't make amends for that, or we're not trying to uh, make up excuses for that. What we try to do is say, once we're out. Idaho makes it real difficult for us, and so we're trying to articulate that and how much it actually really costs Idahoans in terms of dollars and emotional drain on families. So if you're interested in that, at the end of the show, I will give out some information on how to reach me. Reach out to me, and I will put you in line to either see the PowerPoint yourself or your group, or if you're out there and listening to my voice and you're interested in becoming a presenter because you've been in the system, call me and we'll put you in the system, we'll train you, and we'll have to go out and do that kind of presentation for us. It's fun, it's exciting, and it's very powerful. Uh, We've got this money, which is kind of an interesting story that I like to tell, is St. Vincent de Paul, about five years ago, started a what they call a conference, and that's a group or a nonprofit entity that deals just with people getting out of incarceration. And it's called the Reentry Conference. I was one of the first people to be on that group. And what we do is see returning citizens as they're released from incarceration. So somebody gets out, they call the St. Vincent number, and then two of us from the Reentry Conference go out and see them. We help them with rent. We help them with uh bus pass if they need it, potentially a bicycle and some clothing. And we are that first kind of visit, if you will, to the people who are uh, coming out of incarceration. It got really popular uh, and got some attention within St. Vincent de Paul on a national-wide basis. And some people from back east came out and saw what we were doing, liked what we were doing, and that eventually became Systemic Change of Idaho. So we're doing good things. We're excited about 2018 in terms of what we're going forward with, and we're going to uh, 
uh, present the information to you guys out there in Idaho and let you know what's going on. I'm going to be right back with a very special guest today for me in just a second. I'll be right back. The United States has the highest percentage of its population in prison in the world. That's one in 200 Americans are currently serving time in a federal or local prison. As of May 2017, Idaho has 8,223 men and women incarcerated and another 17,201 on probation and parole. So upon release from prison, who works with these individuals and families to help them transition back into our community? This is done by what we call Returning Citizens Resources and coffee shop. We offer them a cup of coffee and some resources and information to help get them on solid footing with their faith, their recovery, and to begin their new life as our neighbor. It's designed for the offender's first stop from the institution. If you'd like to help us help them, please contact Mark Rennick at 629-8861. That's area code 208-629-8861. And if you're out in the desert needing any help for your transition, we pay for that call. Okay, as I mentioned earlier, um, I've been doing this show for a little over a year, and every once in a while you come across somebody special, and um, we had this huge dignitary planned who, uh, because of difficulties in um, the prison system this week, if you've been watching the news, could not make it. But we'll have him on later in the month, but when we were looking for somebody to fill in the gap, I came up with the idea of this gentleman who's across from me, and, um, uh, and let me introduce uh, Mitchell Rennick. Well, hello. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. Mitchell Rennick happens to be my son. And so uh, Mitchell, unfortunately, followed his father into incarceration and uh, has been released. How long have you been out? I've been out for about two months now. Yeah, about two months. And where did you do your time? I did my time at ISCC. The, lo- the most recent? Yep. So talk to me about anything you want to talk about in terms of, because you were... Um, you were a rider person who ran afoul in the rider system? Yes, I got my first charge of controlled, controlled substance, and then I did a rider, and um, I got to say that was probably a big waste of time to me. Um, they run you through the same programs when you get go to prison or whatever you do, and it's a lot harder the way I look at it to get out from a rider and continue to do the things you have to do because you're still under jurisdiction of the court. And so it's not just the county, it's the court too. So you have to answer to a judge and your PO. So there's more hoops and more things you got to go through. And if it's just a simple charge, then, I mean, you, the, the prison system isn't as bad as everybody makes it out to be. So it's not this big, bad thing when you just get a, a light charge and get offered a rider. It's much easier to go do your time and come out on parole. And I think that's one of the things, too, that we point out in the uh, the PowerPoint is that the rider system, which is a unique almost to uh, the state of Idaho in that uh, what M- Mitchell was talking about was in his initial charge and somebody else's initial charge, the judge can use his discretion to say, I'm going to keep jurisdiction over you, sir or madam, and I'm going to send you off to do a rider, and then you're going to come back. If you come back and you say you've been good, then I will put you on potentially, it's usually five years probation, isn't that correct? And that was that was your case too. Yes. Was put you on five years probation, and then in some ways it almost makes it harder for somebody to succeed. Uh, it's not again to negate what Mitchell did. Mitchell broke the law, and uh, probably should have had five years probation. But then it makes it difficult for you to not break all their laws in five years. Is that the case? Or? Yes, and I I mean I learned some good things and understand a lot of different ways to succeed on probation. But to me, on the writer system. Everybody has their mask up. It's no. Everybody's just doing it just to get through the program. 
And I mean, when you when you're incarcerated at a prison or facility, you know, there's a more motivation to do the program because it's kind of a token to get out. And so I think you pay attention more, and you you're in an environment where not everybody is, you know, Joe Schmo and just trying to get out from their rider. I mean, there's actually guys who say their honest opinion, how they feel about the program, how they feel about the pre- people changing it. And there's guys out there who'll tell you, hey, I'm not going to change. I don't want to do anything. But you're never going to hear that on a rider. You're mm-hmm. not going to hear the other side. Because the riders, too, you send the riders up to Cottonwood. Cottonwood right, so you got to go up to Cottonwood and got to spend some time. As, as I recall, it was winter. Yo. Yep. And I think you're right. The rider, the Cottonwood is a situation in which there are people there, and help me with this if because if, I didn't do a rider myself, but you, there are people there who are actually trying to learn something and do something. And there are people who are just trying to pacify the court to finish this, to get back there, and then to get back out on probation. True or? Uh, exactly. I mean, and the, there's such a fine line of those people because you're all answering the same questions. You're all answering, yes, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what the ca- case manager and counselors want to hear. So they know what to say. It's not, you know, there's no guy going to tell a counselor, you know, hey, I don't, I don't want to change. I want to keep doing what I was doing, and that's why I, I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then they come back, and then what happens too often is – and I, we should find the numbers, but I think the percentages of people who actually succeed on that rider are lower than probably expectations. But I think if you're you come back and so then you mess up and then you're back into a system that's indeterminate that can give you what you were originally potentially charged with before the judge gave you the opportunity to do the rider. Correct. That is correct. And yeah. When if that case happens to you, then they have all these tokens or. Um, as I say, buckshot to throw at you when when you go back in front of your judge. I mean, just little things. You know, you're out for a month. They say, oh, you didn't pay any of your fines or restitutions or, you know, you didn't report on this day because, you know, you were locked up or whatever. But the prosecuting attorney, she knows that the judge is in favor of sending you to prison because you've already had your one opportunity. And so instead of just taking that opportunity, take the whole shebang and then you get you get all your time out of the way in the beginning. Well, I think, and too, what, he, what he's talking about, too, and help me if I'm, I'm interpreting for you, but what happens is you get out and you're on probation and you mess up again. Then you're right in front of a system where if the, if the deck wasn't stacked against you before, it's definitely stacked against you then. And then you're back in incarceration. You do look like you're habitual, if you will. And so then a judge going, well, you really are not a good case. And that's not necessarily the case. In some ways, we as Idahoans need to look at that system and say, hey, what is this? Why are we putting these, setting these guys up who are young? Because how old are you? you are, uh, I'm 21. Okay, so he's a very young man. He's going through these types of situations in which he needs to learn this sort of stuff. And quickly as stuff comes upon him, the hammer comes down on him for mistakes that were made, not negating that you were guilty of all the stuff that you did, correct or incorrect. You agree or disagree with that? I, I, yeah, I, I agree I with it. Yeah. And- I'll note, note on the rider. Poor choices in terms of. Yeah, poor, I, we all have our poor choices, and some of us, we, we learn at a younger age. And I'm, I'm glad that I was younger in my life, so I, I didn't have as much to lose as, say, somebody who's in their late 30s or, or early 40s. And back to the rider note, one of the things is once you get out from that rider, say you do six months good, you start messing up, and you go back in front of your judge, your judge is going to take away all that time. Mm-hmm. I mean, they say they're not, but... 10 out of 10 times they're taking all your street time. Well, they, and that is their discretion, but you're right. Historically, exactly. they do take that way. And that doesn't, that means, so you turned your seven year total charge into seven and a half years. 
you prolong these charges. And time after time again, you see all these people, they get sentenced to five, six, seven years, they end up turned into 10, 11, 12 due to the fact that they get their street time taken away. They, they mess up and I... I just, I don't agree with it. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting, uh, so what you're seeing, if you're listening to our, my voice for the first time or hearing about this for the first time, that there definitely are some issues within the Department of Corrections that need to be addressed. But you hit it on, you hit on something that I kind of want to pick up on if we can, is I'm your dad, so I certainly wasn't excited about you doing this at the age that you're in, and I didn't certainly want you to follow in my footsteps to incarceration, but in some ways, you said it was a benefit that it happened to you young. And expand upon that a little bit if you can. Basically, the way I look at it is when you're younger, you don't realize all the things you have to do until they're not out of your reach. There's so many different paths that you can go down. And when you're just getting out of high school, you're like, oh, man, I have nothing to do. You know, I didn't do any trades or I didn't do anything like that. And then all of a sudden, to me, I got into a position where so many of those doors closed to me. And I realized that. The world's such a bigger place and that there's so many opportunities that I still have in this case I'm, I'm in where I don't want to jeopardize those. I mean, you, yeah, I'm young, but, you know, in a blink of an eye, I can change that can just pass me by. And so I, it made me appreciate the small things that I have in my life, such as my family, the town I live in, the opportunities and the support groups I have and the things I have learned on my you know journey this far. I think too. Too, we look at um, uh, some of your the crowd that you ran with. Let's say, let's say that um, uh, I was always skeptical of, and then you were the one that got in trouble first. And now, as we see some time go by, some of these other guys with, have already established families and have already established situations, and now they are in peril and in peril for things worse than you, correct or incorrect. So you see that in your just your peer group and. That's the case, and I mean, that's you, you think that this guy who has his whole life figured out, yada, 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 right out of high school, you know, has a good career ahead of him and all this stuff, and a blink of eye, that can change. And I think it's because they've never had those things taken away from them, and they've never had the different hardships. And, uh, yeah, I was uh, I grew up with parents in the system, and, you know, I, I knew the, the consequences, but I had to learn for myself. I mean, you can only tell somebody so much to their face before they have to realize it and actually experience it. Well, I think that, uh, that's that again, uh, we're going to keep coming back to that. I'll keep hammering back to that point of what we do to a population who makes mistakes in the state of Idaho. And this is powerful. Uh, as you'll see our PowerPoint, you see Mitchell's right. So the odds were stacked against him because I was incarcerated and I'm not shedding any secrets because his mother's been on this program if you look up the archives. So we were both in the system. So he had a double whammy, if you will. His mom and I didn't make clear choices and put him in a situation where he didn't get as many of, say, what the normal people get. But still, to this situation, we still need to address the fact that he went through it and he's coming through it real well. I mean, he's my son. I love him and I'm proud of him. But uh, it's it's so interesting to see what he's had to go through to get to the spot where you know, um, he would be this quote unquote, uh, what the world perceives as a normal kid, you know, and Idaho puts that restriction on people when you mess up. This is a town that, this is a state that likes to lock people up. So you're also involved in, uh, the state makes you do uh, extra stuff afterward in terms of aftercare, correct? That is correct. I mm. am currently involved with Recovery for Life and I'm doing some aftercare classes with them and I find classes enjoyable. I, I like to talk and I like to express, you know, my opinion on different things. And our aftercare group is 
it touches on the curriculum of the different programs we did, but mostly it's just for guys and gals who get out and uh, just get together and talk. And we you know we play cards against humanity, do that kind of stuff, and joke around. And it's just it's kind of a way to help you get to know different people around you and understand that you're not the only person that's going through these kind of things and yeah. that there is a community behind you. That And I think that is so – it's important to note that there are some of those systems in place in terms of how things are happening. And it's good to see that – people, at least the state does offer those types of things for you in terms of going forward. And it's good to see that you're kind of interacting in that, that kind of setting. Are you younger guy in the, in those rooms or are you the older yeah, kind of guy? I'm, in those I'm definitely the younger guy. Yeah. So you've got people who have been in there in terms of the system on an ongoing basis. Yeah. Yep. And so what else do you do in terms of support group? I mean, I know you work hard, but anything else you do to keep your mind focused and, um, Stand biggest thing that. to me is uh, you are who you hang out with, and um, I have a couple buddies that we hang out with, and you know we we kind of keep our circle small, and it's basically we've all been in the system, we were locked up together, and so now that we're on the streets, you know we we know each other's weak points, we know we want each other are you know down or we're having a hard day or whatever. It's just when you spend so much time with somebody in a two man cell that you got you become friends, and so I've I've carried on a relationship with a good friend of mine, and. I think having him in my life's helped me a lot because it's it's easier for me to talk to him because he knows where we are at and he doesn't just see the word felon on my name you know he sees me for who I am. That's good. Well, I could, you, make, you make a dad proud because what I do talk about as if you've listened to my voice or if you've come to our meetings, uh, which is also called Victor Over Sin, that meets uh, on Tuesday and Wednesday night at seven o'clock in uh, Pure Wellness at nine sixty three South Orchard, Suite one hundred one. That's the thing I preach: is community, community, community. And what you have to do is find a nucleus of people around you that can support you and understand who you are, and that you can be honest with. This is a situation in which you need to be uh, straightforward and honest, and to understand what's going on. And effectively, uh, there's a person I always quote uh, named John, named uh, Glenn Martin, who says, you know, the people closest to the problem are the best answer to the solution. So those are the people who are doing it. So that's where I hope in terms of bringing Mitchell in here today is to reach out to people who are certainly not as old as his old man is here, but we're needing to engage in those kinds of people too and getting them involved in the system. You're out there and you're in your 20s. Hey, I need you to come in and help me work with the system and help me change the system. So anything else you want to add to that? or just I think with the, the age differential, I think the biggest thing, if there's any young youngsters listening out there, your life's not over. Um, you got plenty of road ahead of you. It's just a road bump in the journey we come on, we call life. And so, I mean, the be- best thing is to, you know, keep your eyes open and just follow your dreams. Don't let the word felony or felon just control you. You know, you got, yeah, there's certain things that are going to be hard to do, but I think the, the biggest thing is, you know, keep pushing on. Keep wake pushing. up every, wake up every day with goals and dreams. And I think also, too, you talk, he, he's talking on a radio, Christian radio station, so we'll say the relationship with Jesus Christ is certainly paramount in that kind of situation, too. But in conjunction with keeping good community, those are the types of things that you need to press on with and go forward with. So what's the future like for Mitchell Rennick since your old man's getting old? My future right now is uh, – work hard and plan for the future. My biggest thing right now in my life is finding a place to live and trying to find somebody who accepts uh, felonies. And I think that's one of the big hurdles. We have transitional housing when we get out, 
but the biggest hurdle is finding somebody who's going to either rent or let you, you know, if you have the credit to buy a house in a community because, you know, they see that word felon and they just think you're, you know, the bottom of the bottom. And it's getting that first initial so uh, step in the or foot in the door because they just judge you based off what you say on your paper. They don't know you in person. They don't know what kind of things you've done or anything. They just... Again, that's too. That's too. What you're going to see on the PowerPoint too is that the it's a major issue. Rental uh, rentals for anyone are difficult in the Treasure Valley. I think they're down to like three percent right now. But it's even worse when you have to check the box felony, and because so many of the apartment complexes, if you're driving around, you see an apartment complex that's not locally owned, that's owned by a corporation that's out of state, and they have to fill out a credit application. And when Mitchell or I check that box felony pretty much as an automatic, you're disallowed uh, living in that situation. So that's a difficult thing, and that's one of the other things that certainly Systemic Change of Idaho wants to um, work on. I think uh, we have, I've said this statistic before on here, but nationwide there's 70 million people who have felony convictions. 70 million people. So that's overwhelming in terms of people that have this tag. And it's about time that we as Idahoans start looking at people like uh, Mitchell and myself as people who have changed their lives and are coming back in and we're your neighbors. So you might as well get used to living with us because we probably live right next to you and you don't know about it. <laughs> what else is new in your world in terms of going forward, sir? You're doing construction work? Yep. And that, you're going to do that for a while now? Well, that's that's the plan for right now. Um, big thing in my mind is I want to get back to school one of these days. Uh, basically what my goal is right now is to keep working where I'm working to – build that foundation. And once I get a foundation going, then go back to school and, you know, get a degree in my life. And, you know, I can't, not quite sure what I want the degree in. I would, I would love to own property one day. And so I think that the biggest hurdle in my life being, you know, finding a place, I would like to help people in such manner is, you know, being the type of person to run those kind of apartment complexes to where that it's not all based off your crime. It's it's or not crime, but if you have a crime, that we're not not going to look at that. So I think that's one of my big goals is to own property and help people who it's not easy to find living. That's true, and I think what what happens is it's it's a slow process, but it's something that we can accomplish. Uh, Mitchell and I just left. Uh, we're taping this on a morning, and we just left an office where there were what ten or fifteen people kind of hanging around. All those people were all supportive. All those people, majority of those people, had been in the system, and they're all working together to make life easier for you. So if you're sitting out there in the desert. Please understand that this is something we're working on. We're trying to make these things easier for you as you get out. And as you're released, uh, certainly the place you want to go on the day one is coming to the Peer Wellness Center at 963 South Orchard, pick up a voucher for some clothes and connect there because that's a good place to drop in and to share and to kind of go forward uh, and start making your way through the world. There's a man there this morning that was 15 years he walked out. And, I mean, he's he was facing – he had 30 days – uh, support as transitional living and he's looking scrambling to get a job and I'm saying hey take a deep breath and just breathe as opposed to trying to get a job right away you got to overcome a tremendous amount of stuff after you come out of the system for 15 years so those are the types of things that we deal with on an ongoing basis those are the types of things hey that we could use volunteers for those are the types of things that we need to do to to promote this avenue of thought so that we educate people about what we're doing because too many people, Mitchell's friends and my friends, that get frustrated and they just want to almost go back where it's kind of, I get, I get 
I get it simpler. They tell me what to do, and they feed me, and it's a lot easier than doing this out. Would you agree with that? Or? I do. I think that a lot of people look at it as the easy way. You know, they get out, and like they say, they try to get everything done in that first day. I mean, there's there's so much time that, you know, they worry about their PO and their, all these people who they have to answer to. If you just get out, you just got to take a deep breath and go with the waves. I mean, not everything has to be accomplished in the first day. You know, you got to enjoy that day and appreciate where you're at. You know, 24 hours ago, you were getting served a meal. And now you can go wherever you want to eat. Mm-hmm. And so I think that people just need to just slow down, basically. And right before you get out, even don't worry about that too much. Just and that's not easy. That's not out. easy to do either because no, you're all excited about getting out. No. But you're not, it's but that's something that again, as you're getting out, or if you're out there listening to my voice, take it take it slow. Try to figure out some place that can connect with you. Come see us at Pier. Go to a church. Kind of connect with people and find some people to hang out with that are that will be of a positive nature for you. That's the way this works. And uh, I think by all of us working together and educating people about what the issue is, certainly then more people become knowledgeable of us, and they'll find out that you know, despite it, some of us have felonies and we're we're still okay people. Yeah. Anything else you want to close with, Mr. Rennick? It's nice having you on here. I think, like he's saying, you know, there's there's power in numbers. Nothing's going to get done without without a voice. You know, closed mouths don't get fed. So, if people are out there and you know they're stuck in these kind of situations, change is possible. Yeah, I, I, I thank you for coming in and doing this. It was a kind of a last minute thing, but um, I enjoy. It. I am proud of you, sir, and yes. uh, I love you to death. So we'll be right but back in just a second. Don't know that I will, but until I can find me A girl who'll stay and won't play games behind me I'll be what I am, a solitary man, solitary man Again, I thank Mitchell Rennick for kind of nice, you know, it is nice to have my son here and to uh, see the spirit. He's changed and he's done some stuff in his life and I'm proud of him. I'll always be proud of him. I'll always love him. But it's nice for him to come on and help us with this. He's a younger voice. I need those younger voices to come help us do this work, please. If you need to reach out to us, man, we're easy to do. It's www.systemicchangeofid.com. You can reach us at systemicchangeofid.com at gmail.com if you want to email us we're on instagram at systemic change of id.com and we're on facebook at systemic change of id.com you can even call us on the telephone at 208-477-1006 we look forward to talking to you next saturday afternoon on victory over sin thank you so much